you know, I heard a funny story. There was a guy, and he collected books. Does anyone here like to collect anything? If you come to my house, you'll find out that we like to collect junk, okay? Absolutely the, the junkiest junk you've got. And um, we're looking forward to getting back and doing some free stuff events, okay? We do these free stuff events, and we go do door hangers and invite all kinds of people, and you guys have been part of that. And we've had a great time uh, doing free stuff. So we, when I look at my garage, when I look at my basement, Katina, we need to do a free stuff event. But some people collect stuff, all right? And uh, so there's a guy, and he collected rare books. And so he's talking to a friend of his, and he says, you know what? He said, I'm, I'm just thinking. He said, when I, when I saw you today, it reminded me. He said, I threw away a, a, an old Bible, an old tattered, worn Bible the other day. And uh, he said it was, it had a name printed on it. It was like Gluten or Guten somebody. Or, and the guy said, Gutenberg, you threw away a Gutenberg Bible? Yeah, that, that was it. It was a Gutenberg Bible. And he said, you are an idiot. He said, a Gutenberg Bible is one of the first books that was ever printed. And one recently sold at an auction for a million dollars. He said, listen, this one would not have been worth anything. It was, it was completely worthless. He said it was, it was scribbled and scratched in the margins by some guy by the name of Martin Luther. It probably wouldn't have been worth anything. <laughs> and so uh, every experience, there's, there's a lot of things. <laughs> and, and many times, I could even expound a little further, there's a lot of times that I go to my basement and I see that worthless junk. I see that garbage that's down there. And, and uh, Becca will tell you that there's nothing but a bunch of junk down there. And I said, no, take my word for it. It's actually worth something. It's, it's valuable. It might not look like it's worth anything, but there's value in those things. But, but uh, this morning, God has, has brought me, we're, we're talking about this rerouting series and uh, the rerouting of life in spite of the mistakes, the wrong turns, the disappointments. We find our life many times as being rerouted. We had the course that we thought that we were going to take. We had the journey that we thought and imagined that we would be on, and then somehow or another, things got changed and things got turned around. But this morning, every experience in life is valuable, whether it appears so or not. There's sometimes that we look at the experiences of life, we look at things that have happened to us, and we step back and we say, that was totally worthless. That didn't amount to anything. But if we'll look deep into it, we'll realize this, that in spite of what might have happened, that there was value in that experience. And every experience in life adds some kind of value. And seldom, many times seldom, we realize that we, we do not realize the value for many weeks, for many months, even for many years. But there's value in the experience. There's, there's value in the pathway that we're going on. Sometimes it takes us a lifetime to realize the value that is in the experience. Now, there are those of you that uh, know that my cousin passed away uh, this week and uh, he fought a long, hard battle, had COVID, diagnosed with COVID on June the 25th, went into ICU, 
and fought this battle. It looked like he was going to recover. It looked like things were getting better. And about a, 10 days ago or something like that, uh, he was put back into ICU. Even though he'd come out, he went back into ICU. And then last Sunday afternoon, I got a message from, my, uh, from his wife that said uh, that he was being taken off life support. And it's just like, wow. And, and about 24 hours later, he passed away. And so I am totally devastated by that because he was not only my cousin, he was my friend, he was like my brother, if you will. And so it's caused me to do a lot of soul searching and uh, looking at that. And, and, uh, so, and then even on Friday, another one of my cousins passed away. So it's just like, wow, man, this life thing's getting kind of tough. It's getting, getting uh, really... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm beginning to, to look at things a little bit different in life. But whenever I think about Tom's death, uh, that experience of his death, and, and you might not understand what I'm saying, but, but it's, it's actually adding value to my life. Because I realize I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see what's really important, okay? And a lot of times we get involved in a lot of crazy, silly nonsense that isn't important anyway, that doesn't make any difference. All it does is divide us and separate us and cause us to get into disagreements and fights and arguments and everything else. But when I think about the passing of one of my great friends, I think about his life and I got, you know, if you want to see someone's life story, just get on Facebook and find out the kind of stuff that they were involved with on Facebook. And so we got on Tom's page, Debbie and I was driving down the road, we get on Tom's Facebook page the other day, and everything in his, on there, he's looking at the lighter side of life, okay? He's not in big political discourses, okay? He's just seeing the lighter part of life and had a lot of funny, really hilarious stuff on there. And so uh, I, I thought, I need to be more like Tom, okay? And so in spite of the loss, in spite of the passing, it's, it's only a temporary loss because he went to be with the Lord, but in spite of all that, I, I, I'm, I, I'm seeing value even in the loss of my friend. And even though I'm sorry about the passing of my friend, he's adding value to my life even right now. You see, here's what we got to do, all right? And here's what I want you to understand. And the first point that I'm making is that we got to look for value in the rerouting. You say, well, I don't like the rerouting. Well, there's value in the rerouting. There's value in the journey that you're on right now. There's, there's value in the pathway that God has put you on right now. God used Ruth and Naomi's struggles to bring forth blessings. And God will use your struggle to bring forth some of your greatest blessings in all of life. You see, Ruth realized there was more to life than just sitting around feeling sorry for herself. And it's easy many times to sit around and think, man, everyone else has got it better than I've got it. And we start to look at that. But she got up. She realized that that wasn't doing good. She, she decided she was going to get up, go out, pick up the leftovers that the, that the harvesters left behind in the field that they had dropped. And so that's what she did. She went out. And in fact, her mother-in-law encouraged her to go out. And that's where I stopped last week encouraged her to go out and pick up the leftovers in the field. Now, there's a lot of folks, and they would be complaining about 
picking up the leftovers, but not Ruth, because Ruth saw it as a blessing, okay? And, and there's some of us, we look at all of our life like leftovers, but you got to learn to see the value in the leftovers. you got to learn to see the value in what's going on, because Ruth realized this, James, that it was going to sustain them, all right? It wasn't like winning the lottery, but it would sustain them. It would continue to, to move them forward. So she went out and she began to pick up the leftovers in a field that was owned by a very wealthy relative of Naomi's named Boaz. And here's what happened when she got in the field. Ruth chapter 2, verse 5. Here's Ruth. She's out there picking up the leftover grain. The verse says this. Then Boaz asked the foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi, and she asked me this morning if she could go gather grain behind the harvesters. She's been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes, rest in the shelter. Verse 8. And Boaz went over and said to Ruth, he said, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us, when you gather grain, and don't go to any other fields, stay right behind the young women working in the field. Boaz was merciful to Ruth. Boaz heard that Ruth had been merciful to her mother-in-law. And so Boaz said, listen, I'm gonna, you're taking care of your mother-in-law. I'm going to see that you and your mother-in-law's needs are taken care of. There's no need to go work anyplace else. There's no need to go pick up leftover grain anywhere else. You can come and you can work right alongside of those young women that are harvesting in the field. And in fact, if you go home and read this story, you'll find out that Boaz told those that were working in the field to drop a little extra grain for Ruth and for Naomi. You see, she saw that, that God was using her struggle to bless her. Eventually, I'm not going to get into a lot of the story, but eventually Boaz fell in love with Ruth. They got married. They had a child. And Ruth, Ruth chapter 4, verse 14 says this. This is after the child was born. And then the women of the town said to Naomi. Now remember Naomi last week, okay? Her husband died. Her life was glorious, but her husband died. Her life was still pretty good because she had two strong sons. And then her sons died. And then she was totally despondent. She was, she was totally devastated. Thought her life was over. But Ruth decided to stay with her. Ruth chapter 4, verse 14. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family, and may this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he's the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. And Naomi took the baby. She cuddled him to her breast. She cared for him as if he were her own. And the neighbor women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. Listen to this. He became the father of Jesse, the grandfather of David. Ruth would be King David's great grandmother. 
in his earthly lineage, Jesus Christ would be a descendant of Ruth. You see, God looked on Ruth and Naomi, and God blessed them. So you see, in the struggle, you see, we're going through a great struggle right now. We're going through great adversity right now. God is preparing you for blessing. Because in spite of the struggle, in spite of what it seems like you're out picking leftovers, if you will learn to be faithful to God in what is set before you, and faithful to go out into the field, that God will use that struggle to bless you. And look for the value in the rerouting, because life is full of rerouting. Sometimes the rerouting appears as good. Sometimes it appears as not so good. But God uses all of the rerouting for his glory and for our good. Now, listen, our vision is a little bit cloudy right now, okay? And, and, and we have a hard time seeing what God is doing. And, and once again, let me re- remind you, sometimes it's going to take weeks, it'll take months, it'll take years, it might take a lifetime for you to see and recognize exactly what God is doing. But God is working in your life today. God's, God's, God's doing something great. Get this, next point is this, God uses ordinary people to help ordinary people. You know, we, we wish God would send us a millionaire, okay? <laughs> or a billionaire, okay? But God uses ordinary people to bless ordinary people, okay? And uh, I want to bless other people. I, I want to help other people. God used Ruth to help bless her mother-in-law, Naomi. You see, it's God's plan and God's will that we help one another. And now it's easy to help people we know, It's easy to help people that we like, but sometimes there's people that we just don't like a lot and we just don't want to help them. But let me remind you, God uses ordinary people to bless ordinary people. And Titus chapter 2 tells us this, and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. And let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. Okay, now there's a lesson there for you because a lot of us, we want to talk and boast about how great of a Christian we are. We want to talk and boast how godly of a person we are and yet there's no good work and yet no good works in our life and yet we're not blessing anyone. We're not helping anyone. So listen, don't just talk about it, but act. But act upon it because ordinary people help ordinary people and bless ordinary people. You see, now we can, we, can see, we can see the struggles of other people as an as imposition or as an opportunity on, on our life. And we can say, oh my God, I don't want to help them. I don't want to bless them. I know they're struggling right now. I know that I could help them, but I just don't know if I want to do that. I had a guy that told me one time uh, several years ago, okay, the church had bought a house out here at Stephen, Missouri not very far from here, and uh, we, we had purchased a house out there, and uh, we were renovate, renovating. It was like a fundraising project, and I had a guy from the church that told me, he said, I know you guys were out there working at the church, but he said, God didn't tell me to come out there and help you, so I didn't, I didn't come out there and help you, okay? And, and God's been dealing with me this week about the, the new church building that we're building, okay? 
and I'm praying, and God's got, got, a, got a message that I need to give someone today, okay? And it's this, either come and help us or give money. You say, boy, pastor, that's, that's, that's I, I'm encouraging either, either come and be part of the process or give resources that's going to help. And we can hire people to do it because we're limited on, on what we're able to do. And there's, there's, people, there's people online that's listening to this message right now that could get up and come and they could help us build that church at 2811 Rock Quarry Road. There's, there's someone online. There's someone that's in this building right now that could come out and help us build the building at, at 2811. And I've got people that tell me all the time, I just, I'm physically unable. Well, that's okay because God, give me a message today to the church, whether it's people sitting here or people online, either come and help or give money so we can hire people. God, God, God spoke that into my heart when we were sitting up in this back room this morning. And I want to tell someone that. And, and I believe that God is going to inspire someone to help us. Because it's, it's impossible for Pastor Bob and Pastor Brandon to get out and hang every door and hang every piece of drywall and, and do everything that's got to be done. And it's impossible. And to finish the front and to do the... It's impossible. And you say, well, let's just hire it all done. Listen, we don't have $2 million. Okay? I wish we... We don't have $2 million. But there's someone today, God told me to tell you that, either come out and help us or give money. Reach in your pocket and give. And there's a place back there you can give. And online, if you're watching, you can go to liferockchurch.org and you can give right now. I'm serious today. I mean it. God is going to bless it. God is going to bless that word today. You see, people, we can look at people that are being rerouted as an imposition or as an opportunity. But God wants us to willingly reach out to people, not just the people that we like. There's sometimes we'll reach out to people that we feel sorry for, but then other times we won't reach out to anyone because they said, well, they just don't deserve it. But God wants to reach out because ordinary people help other people, whether they deserve it or not today. We're going to bless other people. We're going to help other people today. And none of us is worthy, and none of us is deserving. But Jesus Christ reached out to us. Remember this, that every one of us has made mistakes, and every one of us has made wrong turns. And every one of us has had disappointments. And every one of us need help from time to time. Ordinary people help ordinary people to overcome. And God is going to help us today. Point number three is this. We have to meet people where they are right now. Okay? We got to meet people where they are and not people where, where we are. Now, here's what we want to do as Christians. We want to try to bring everyone up to our level. And so we meet someone that doesn't know Christ. And so here's what we want to do. In five minutes, we want to tell them everything that we've learned in 20 years of going to church. <laughs> and if we can't get them to come up to our level, then we'll just say, well, bless God, I'm just going to shake the dust off my feet, and I'm going to go on. I'm going to move on. I'm just, I'm going to give up on them. We got to meet people where they are, not where we are. We got to be patient with people. We got to be loving and we got to be long suffering 
with people today. Because everyone doesn't come up to, to my level in my time. And, and, and for that matter, there's some people that might never come up to where I think they should be. But God is going to deal with every person. God is going to speak to them. And I'm not responsible. When I stand before God, I don't have to give an account for you. I get to give an account for me. Every one of us the same way. And so we want to love on people. We want to have compassion with people. We want to stop pushing people away and pulling people into the love of Jesus. You see, Christ loved the outcast. He loved the undeserving. He loved the unlovable. He reached out to the woman in John chapter 4. She'd been married five times. She was living with a man that wasn't her husband. But here's what Jesus did. He reached out. He threw her a lifeline. He reached out to a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. I think I spoke about Zacchaeus probably earlier this summer. Zacchaeus was a greedy man. He extorted money from honest citizens. He was rejected by his peers. He was rejected by all the people of the city. But Jesus reached out to him. We got to love on people. We got to meet people where they are, not where we are. You see, rerouted people need direction. Rerouted people today need hope. And everyone needs a friend today. Everyone needs someone to understand them and to listen to them. Everyone, rerouted people need to know this, that you know how to pray and you're praying for them. You, you get that? I'm praying for you. Listen, God can do something in your life. You're going through a difficult situation. There was someone that, someone I know on, on Facebook, and they lost a loved one. And uh, I don't even know if, if, if they're a believer of any kind. And I put on there, uh, I'm praying for you. You know what the devil said? Well, that's kind of offensive because those, that person probably don't even believe in prayer. You know what I did? Put it there anyway. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm concerned about you. Rerouted people, people that's going through difficulty in their life need to know that someone cares for them. They need to know that someone's reaching out for them today. And that's what God is going to use us for because ordinary people help ordinary people. Christian Christians reach out to be able, not, not to try to drag them up to our level, but meeting them right where they are. That's what Jesus did. He was our example today. Rerouted people need someone to help them with the tough questions of life, finding that direction. And then the, the last point I want to make is this. Our mission and our goal and our calling is to help someone get better. The question is, who needs my support? The question is, who needs me to be a blessing to them? The question is this, who needs a cup of cold water today? The question is, who needs a phone call? All right, who needs a visit if we can get out and visit with someone? Who needs an encouragement today? Several years ago, we were in the shopping center, okay? And uh, maybe I'll just stop with this story. We're in the shopping center, 
and we're paying an astronomical amount of money, okay? Our rent was $6,000 a month. We had a $2,000 a month land payment. So we're paying $8,000 a month just for our land and our lease on, our, on the shopping center. And we were really struggling. Guys, I got to tell you, sometimes there's, there's things that happen in the church that you guys don't even know about, the struggles that we go through. And uh, Debbie and I were virtually receiving no money from this church at all. And in fact, I took a job on this property right here. I took a job. Greg and Linda Ordway gave me a job. And I went to work right here on this property. And I worked on this property for 14 months because we really needed the money. I, I worked like three days a week and then I, I think I worked Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, a lot of times I would say, God, you know what you're doing. I don't know how we're going to pay our bills, but God always supplied the need. So I'm working. We go to the mailbox one day at the church. And I went, and there's a letter in there. And it's from a nursing home. And this letter, when I opened it up, the letter said, I don't know why I'm even writing to you guys, but I'm just wondering, it's from a nursing home, is there anyone in your church that could come out and visit some of the residents that don't have any family members. In, in particular, there's a lady here by the name of Mrs. Laker. She's over 90 years old. She's blind. She's almost deaf. Is there anyone in your church who could come and visit her? And I put that letter down, and I told Debbie, I said, if I wasn't so busy working on that job, I would go visit that lady. And that night, I thought about that letter all night long. And I laid in bed all night long. And I really needed a job out here. And I thought, God, next morning, I got up. I came out here. I walked in the door. I had a little office back over here. Now it's like a storage room. I walked in that office. I sat down. And I called Linda Ordway on the phone. And I said, I'm turning in my 30 days notice. She said, I, I understand. I knew, you, I knew it wouldn't be long that you would be gone. I said, I just, just some things have come up. I just got to give this job up. And I quit the job. And we needed the money desperately. And uh, there's a lot of times I'd sit in my office and I'd just kind of go like this. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but... God, if we get $5 this week to live on, you're going to make it stretch. Whatever, God. And that week, 30 days notice, I'll tell you this. There's a lot of stuff. Years later, I can tell you. I couldn't tell you at the time, okay? But I can tell you now, okay? The next Sunday, well, let me put it this way. Within just a couple weeks, two of our top five highest tithers left the church. Wow. <laughs> the devil says, what are you going to do? I'm not going back to that job. <laughs> I'm not going back to that job. God, you are going to supply our needs. You are going to supply our needs. God, you are going to turn things around. You're going you're gonna to give us a miracle. 
You say, when did the miracle come? Did it come the next day? No, no. Did it come the next week? No. <laughs> did it come a month later? No. It was a process. It was a process of time. A couple months later, there was a lady, you know, you know, we, we are a spirit-filled church, okay? And so we believe in, in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I had a lady that come to me one Sunday, and she said, I got a word from God. And, uh, you know, sometimes people that operate in the gifts are a little bit different, you know? She said, Pastor Bob, could I, could I say a word today? I got a word from God. And I, I said, okay, my kids sometimes just about have a heart attack when I hand a mic to someone and say, yeah, you got a word from God, yeah, give it, you know. And that lady got up there <laughs> and read my mail. And God said this, you don't have to walk through the, through the wilderness any longer. I'm going to supply the needs. And God began to open up doors. We had a missionary that come. We had a missionary that came, and I thought, we can't afford to have a missionary. And God said, no, have that missionary. So we had a missionary come. And after we had that missionary, God began to bless. The owner of the shopping center got a hold of us. He said, what are you guys going to do? Your lease is almost up. I said, we're moving out. He said, I'm going to drop your rent. Listen, God began to do some things. God began to open some doors. Was it easy? No. But God began to make things happen today. And that's what God will do in your life. Listen, life is full of rerouting. Life is full of disappointments and wrong turns and mistakes. But God uses all of those things. And what we got to do is we got to look for the value in the rerouting. There's value today. God is up to something in your life right now. God is up to something. God is working today in your life. God is working. God is moving. God is ministering today if we'll let him because God uses ordinary people. Are you an ordinary person? Ask yourself the question, am I an ordinary person? Yes. God wants me to use me to help someone else, an ordinary person. You say, I don't have a lot of resources. I don't, I don't have a lot of this. I don't have a lot of that. Listen, just loving someone, just picking up the phone and talking to someone, just connecting with someone. And we got to learn to meet people where they're at. You say, well, I don't like them. They've got different political views than I've got. And I just don't, the kind of stuff they post just drives me crazy. Remember this, we have to meet people where they are, not where we are. <laughs> and we can just blow everyone up out of the water. And that's what the devil wants us to do. He wants us to be in all these fights and arguments and disagreements. We meet people where they are. All right? And not everyone's going to think like me do. Me, <laughs> think like me do. Not everyone's going to think like me, look like me, act like me. I'm going to really get someone here. Not everyone's going to vote like me, all right? That, that's between them and God, all right? But God today, God is working. God is up to something today, and God wants to use us in a great way. Would you stand with me this morning? Stand with me today. Thank you, God, right now. Thank you, God that you're always with us in spite of the rerouting. 
in spite of the circumstances of life, God, that you are with us, that you are helping us, God, you are leading us, you are directing us, and God, we've all experienced wrong turns, disappointments, mistakes, sometimes it's our own fault, sometimes it's someone else's fault, God, but in spite of it, help us, God, to see the value in the rerouting. Help us, God, to love on other people, to be used of you, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to meet people where they're at. Like Jesus met the woman at the well. He met them. He met her there. He loved her there. He ministered to her. And God, I pray that you'll use us to bless others. Use us and help us, God, to help other people get better to find Christ as their Savior. Use us, I pray. Help us. There's someone here today that's struggling. There's someone here today that's going through a, through a dark valley. They're going through a time of, of adversity and a time of difficulty. It could be financial. It could be spiritual, emotional, mental. God, there's someone today that needs a special touch. And I pray the Holy Spirit would come into this place right now and bless them and help them and touch them and encourage them and lift them today bless us. God, help us. There's someone online that's watching today, and they're despondent, and they're struggling, but I ask you, God, bless them there in that home or in their automobile. Bless them and touch them. Holy Spirit, do a great work in their life right now. We're believing you, God. Use us, I pray. Use us as your body. Use us as your hands and your feet to care for others, to love others. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you. Thank you today.